0: We have to keep them as level as possible, mm-hmm. but we're also just losing our shit constantly. <laughs> Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John Arbrey
1: And I am Heather B. Armstrong.
0: Today we're going to talk about probably a number of different things because we do have a tendency to tangent and ramble, but... Chief among them will be trying to keep our kids balanced day to day,
1: balanced and happy,
0: balanced and happy emotionally, physically. So this episode will be thirty-seven hours long. <laughs> there's, there's really no good answer here.
1: I guess the answer is uh, you can't.
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. 30, thirty-seven hours, or about three seconds.
1: Marlo's teacher this year we may have talked about this. Last year, her teacher was kind of a jokester. I think he's kind of getting bored of doing what he's doing. I don't think he provided the structure that she needed. And she came home every day in a fit of despair because something had gone wrong during the day. And this year, the teacher's very, very different. She's um, very organized and regimented, and she comes home every day from school just really happy. It's a big, big change. Yesterday, she came in and she went to the bathroom. She was super happy. And then she went into the bathroom and couldn't get out. Something was going wrong with the lock on the door. And oh my God. She, there was nothing wrong with the lock. She just couldn't figure out how to get the door open. And this went on for like five minutes. And she's like banging on the door. I mean, of course, she's terrified. And I finally just talked her into how to open the door. And we finally got her out. And she was just hysterical. Just... Completely hysterical. Of course, anybody would be. But it's like. After
0: being locked in, sure.
1: (laughs) I mean, if it's going from like the high to the low and managing that with two children, I can't imagine managing that with more than two children because the highs and the lows are frequent, catch me off guard, and usually come in the middle of a deadline or I need to leave for an appointment or we have to get in the car and go to the dentist. And some existential crisis has happened. Holding my shit together and being the parent that, you know, because I can remember having questions and having, feeling insecure and, and, you know, being in a really bad mood and my mother and my father are trying to manage that. When I'm trying to manage 40 million things in my head to keep straight, sometimes I feel like I'm failing at it dramatically.
0: Well, it's really hard. It's hard to manage. I mean, I remember those times too, but I also... Like, there's there's nothing that can be done. Like, you're moody or you're pissed off or something terrible happened, and it's almost like your parents try to help you reason through it, mm-hmm. and it makes it worse. Like, I think at a certain point, you just want to be pissed off. You don't want to be, but you need to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But as a parent... I mean, I, I didn't realize that when I was the pissed off one, but as a parent now, it's so hard to wrap my head around that and it makes it really frustrating.
1: I remember wanting to hear from my mother, just, I'm sorry that you're feeling this way. This must be really tough for you to feel this way. Like some sort of validation that what I was feeling was not wrong, that what I was feeling was a true feeling. It was an, it was an honest response to something. And my mother always said the right thing. She was, She would always say, it must be so hard that you are feeling this. This must be so hard for you to be going through this. And then she would always follow up with, I promise you it's going to be okay, I'm here. And so that those are the words that I try to, those are the words that I go to when they come to me with insecurities or they come to me, the world's going to end. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did we talk about that? That rumor that no. that that conspiracy theory that the world was going to end on September twenty third. Oh no, it was something. Well, it didn't end. So it did end? Yes, but you know. there was a. It was going around at school, and then I I read a little bit about it online, and Lita was a little obsessed with it, and was very very worried. And calming her nerves about that was really difficult because she didn't she didn't want her nerves to be calmed about that.
0: <laughs> she was like legitimately worried the world was going to end. Yeah. I mean, did you explain to her that, that those things come up from time to time? Yeah. The world is just, supposed to end like multiple times a year? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: But she's she's like, you know, the hurricanes and the fires and the earthquakes. And I mean, it, she's like, it's all adding up. It's all adding up. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> 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 it's kind of true.
0: Yeah, that is that is true. Volcanoes now? hmm Yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe it is going to end. Maybe the date was just wrong.
1: <laughs> the, <laughs> world the world will end. Yeah, the date was <laughs> wrong. The world will end. Oh, I feel terrible. I I texted you this. I feel really terrible. I, life has just been completely insane for you and for me the last few weeks. It it always is insane. I always think, oh, you know, things are going to settle down next week, and then. I look at my calendar, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I had run around, last Thursday, I had run around all day long getting things done, dentist appointments, and I had to go to the dentist first, and then they had to go to the dentist, and then they had to go to piano, and I mean, all of this craziness. And I was driving home from a... School Community Council meeting, which I signed up to do
0: in your free time my
1: free time <laughs> nice. I was driving home and I realized that my headlight was out all of the pressure in my tires because the weather changed immediately um all the all all the pressure in my tires is down really low, and I'm about five thousand miles past when my oil needs to be changed, <laughs> yep. <laughs> And and I like I have to run because I'm going to see someone speak at a at a club give a a lecture, so I'm running home, and uh, to get a a few more things done, and I walk in and I'm just. I mean, I have my moments, like my children have their moments, and I'm I'm just like, oh God, my God, like. And she's like, what's going on? And I said, oh, my headlights out, and the oil needs to be changed, and I don't know when I'm going to do that. Like, I don't know when I am going to go make my car safe to drive. I don't know when I'm going to make that time. And she got really worried, and I said, listen, I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay. You know, everything is good, everything is fine, and couple nights ago she asked me if she could go see the therapist next because she's going through all of these emotions about school and about everything about her father about you know what's going to happen in high school and then she's and then i said okay well where's where's where where do i fit into this (laughs) because i know i do and she said well you know like Like, I just don't. She goes, I know your life is so busy. And I know that you don't ever have like a moment to like sit down and breathe. And the other day when you came in and your car was all messed up, like I wanted to Google, how do you you fix mom's headlight? Like, that's what I wanted to do is Google, how do I fix mom's tires? And oh my God, I had to hold my shit together. I I wanted to ball. And I just, like, I hugged her and I said, oh, honey, 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 I'm so sorry that you felt pressure. Like, you don't need to worry about those things. I will take care of it. I will figure it out. But I realize just as much as their moods have an effect on me, because my God, Marlowe's moods, I gotta do something about it. <laughs> as much as their moods affect me, my moods affect them. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I, I think... Sometimes I think kids are better at hiding that or maybe they're just less aware that they're being affected by our moods so it doesn't come through as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, if if you are affected by your kid's mood, you know. You know what's causing it. But sometimes I wonder with kids if they're perceptive enough in the moment to realize that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's really sweet that she wanted to fix it Heartbreaking, but sweet. Yeah. It's, it's hard too because like everybody goes from being fine to being crazy, basically, you know, just to feeling super overwhelmed, like at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. But I think it's different when you are that person because it's not so drop of the hat because you've sort of felt that coming on. But when you're a spectator seeing it happen, it seems like this sudden 180. Right. And I think that makes it kind of hard to deal with, to process it, to watch it happen to someone else and know how to handle it or what to say.
1: Yeah. Marlo in the morning, you just don't know what you're going to get. You just don't know. It's, it's a crapshoot. And Lita is really sensitive to it too. She's very sensitive to every, Lita is so aware of how everyone in the room is feeling. And it's a, it's a wonderful quality of hers uh, because she's so considerate and she worries about people and she wants to help people. But like, I I, I'm noticing now, especially when Marlo is Marlo in the morning probably 70% of the time is just fucking awful. Like she's a bear, an angry, pissed off bear. And just in a
0: super shitty mood the whole super
1: shitty mood and mad that she's awake. And um, and then she can't make a decision about breakfast, and so she sits at the countertop and just scowls. And Lita is eating half a box of Honey Nut Cheerios, and as she's pouring, she's like looking around the room, like, "Is Marlo gonna explode? I don't know." And I just I ignore it because you you just cut off the oxygen to the fire. Because if I engage Marlo, what she does is she's just like, she's going to start yelling at me or being like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to eat for breakfast. I hate being awake. Why am I so tired? And it's like, God, her mood, (laughs) that bad mood just is like, fuck. It's this awful, dark, dank blanket that hangs over us sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, does Lita, is she, obviously she's really perceptive to the mood. So is her tendency to try and read the room and then act accordingly? So if everyone in the room is in a great mood, she's going to be in a great mood. Yes. So does she then find herself stuck? If Marlo is in a shit mood and you're in a good mood and she's feeling okay. So she doesn't really know how to balance it because obviously if she's in a good mood toward Marlo, that's not going to work.
1: Yeah. She's what she does is she sort of retreats into herself and she, she doesn't poke the bear. (laughs) <laughs> she does not poke that bear. She knows now not to poke it. I have said to her enough times, like we we're, we're not going to get her out of this mood. So trying to appease it is pointless. So stop. In fact, your attempt to get her out of this mood is, is making, is, is making it worse. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's hard. It's a stressful
0: place for her to be, for anyone to be really, to try and accommodate across the board.
1: I think it's something that that she got from me. I mean, I was always trying to make make sure that my mom was happy and my dad was happy. Marlowe is a lot like my brother. Apparently, my brother had these moods all the time growing up and did not like hard things and would collapse and complain and moan and groan when confronted with hard things. <laughs> And I eventually told my brother, oh, wow. we've talked about this. I eventually basically said to my brother that if he wasn't depressed, then he was just the biggest asshole in the world. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's right. I remember that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm watching Marlo closely because her her emotions are so intense. Her emotions are really, really intense. She, this morning, got fixated on something, on an interaction that had happened two weeks ago some random interaction where she said something and Lita said to her that was mean and Lita laughed at her and she felt embarrassed. And it took me over a half hour this morning while trying to get them ready for school to get that out of her. She wouldn't talk to me about it, but she was like crying and pulling at her hair. And I finally got her to say the words and then she just started sobbing and she just like crawled into my lap and put her head up under, underneath my neck and just sobbed.
0: And this is like weeks old.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And she didn't make, like, is it that she didn't really process that
1: when she it happened said, or
0: maybe brushed it off?
1: So it started, we were, I was helping her make her bed and then I said, you need to put your pillows in the bed. And she sort of collapsed on the pillows and I said, what's going on? And she said, you ever, are you ever Around friends, and suddenly you remember something really embarrassing that happened, and then you just get really embarrassed and don't want to talk. And I said, um, "What are you What are you talking about?" And she says, "I don't want to talk about it." I said, "Explain to me what you're talking about." She's like, I don't, about "I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it." Like I, I did not know what was going on, and so I said, "Okay, finish making your bed," and I went and finished got finished getting ready, and I came upstairs, and she is just lying on the couch, just really tortured, just tortured. And I had to go over there and sit with her and I had to completely pull it out of her. And once I pulled it out of her, she just like the emotion just exploded. And this is, this is seven o'clock in the morning.
0: (laughs) When you're just trying to get, you know, fed, clothed out the door.
1: Yeah, like I'm thinking about I'm thinking about everything that I need to get done today, which is always an overwhelming thing for me in the morning is like, oh my god, the calendar, holy shit. And I'm having to completely shove that and I'm I want what is what did we talk about um compartmentalize. I had to compartmentalize oh, yeah. all of that and just sit there and be really really present for her right then because she's got to go to school. She's got to like pull herself together and go learn. And I'm the parent, I'm the only one there that can help her climb that hill to get to a place where she can start walking.
0: It's hard too, because you have to sympathize or empathize with what's causing those feelings. But it's a challenge when, as an adult, you look at the situation and it's, Bullshit in some ways. Like <laughs> you should ridiculous. be over it. Okay. Like this is absolutely insane because you can't really get yourself back into the headspace at that age. Like you can kind of remember it or understand that, you know, they're in a different place. But you can't you can't get there. Like there there have been times where I'll I'll pick lexton up from school and I can tell as he's walking to the car, like I'll be sitting there listening to music, I can watch him walk up and I'm like, Oh fuck. I can see it in his face that he's going to sit in the car and just grunt and groan until I ask him how his day was, and then he's going to tell me it was awful. And nine times out of ten, it's awful because of this one two-minute thing that happened at 9 a.m. Yeah. And I know that to him, it's a huge deal. Like, I can understand that it's a huge deal, but at the same time, it's like some kid in the hall said something or did this or did that. And it ruined the entire eight hour day. Like how the hell Re- really, because that shit is going to happen every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> I know. Like it's not that I don't feel bad, but it's so hard to get back in that place. And to imagine if that's how I reacted to things like that, I would spend my life like in a rage. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's weird.
1: I remind myself in these moments I'll tell a quick story here about the first time that I ever fell in love. It was in French class. Have we talked about this? I never know. I
0: I don't think so. I'm ready though. Okay. (laughs) Let's do it.
1: It was French three. I was a junior. He was a senior. And he sat behind me and was friends with the guy in front of me. And I knew the guy in front of me. And we were in French three together. And I never really noticed him the first semester at all. Like I didn't pay any attention to him. And then a few days before Christmas break, he, my friend and he got into a conversation and I joined the conversation and his, his name is David, David Smith. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the most ordinary name. Like you, I've tried to Google him and it's like, you can't Google David Smith. <laughs> no, no. He, uh, he turned to me and he said, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe this. He said, I'm reading this book and you remind me of the lead female character. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. I said, what book? And he's like, it's The Fountainhead. <laughs> you know about The Fountainhead, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> wow. He's like, you, you should really read it. You should read it. And so I went. And so you
0: hadn't, you didn't know about no, it?
1: No, I didn't know anything okay. about it. I didn't know anything about Ayn Rand. And I went to the library and checked it out. And read it in two days and realized that he was the embodiment of Howard Rourke, who is the lead character in The Fountainhead. This brilliant, gorgeous, tall, kind of aloof and indifferent man who, and then the lead female character is this tall, blonde, gorgeous, powerful woman. And he had told me that I, you know, reminded him of, of her, Dominique. I can't believe I remember all of this. And I became obsessed. I became completely obsessed. And when we got back to school, I told him I'd read it, and he just sort of shrugged me off, exactly like the lead character would have done. And I became completely obsessed with this person. And I'm 16 years old, and I fall head over heels for him. And I, re- I figured out during the day when he where his classes were so that i would pass him oh. in the hallway oh, okay and we would make sometimes we would make very 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 suggestive long eye contact
0: <laughs> but that was it like there was no communicating
1: beyond <laughs> we, we talked a little bit but it was the eye contact in the hallway and i would come home like it was it consumed me and i would come home in the worst <laughs> mood if david smith had not looked at me in the hallway and i would just come home and i would just be horrifyingly depressed about it and like awful and i i know that and my mom got to the point where she was like what happened with david today
0: <laughs> she would just know you came home in a oh, yeah. shitty mood it was because of him
1: oh, oh yeah God. oh yeah and i like i'm constantly whenever my kids are coming home and they're like, they come in and they are bringing like all of this rage and insecurity and depression and confusing feelings. Like I, I I always go Dominique Howard work, David Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Heather, remember. Wow. Yeah. Cause I was, I remember my mom just holding it together and, Hugging me and saying, it must be really hard for you to feel this way. It was. How
0: long, how long did that last?
1: So that started at Christmas. And I continued for the entire second semester of my junior year. Every single day, I basically stalked him in the hallways to try to get some eye contact.
0: So we're looking at like four or five months.
1: And then he got accepted to Caltech. Um. And before he left, he asked me on a date. Oh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and after
0: like five months of really no communication, yeah,
1: just yeah. Here and there, he would give me something, and I would spend days cherishing that something, like a like a conversation. <laughs> oh my god! And so we went on a date. We went and saw a, mo- a Star Trek movie, and then ended up back at his house watching um some some uh alternative video show on MTV and he right. was my first kiss. Wow. I was 17. That. I was 17 years old. Yeah.
0: Well, those, you know, five months of emotional obsession that worked. <sighs> it was worth it. So we well, kissed, but that, and then that was we kissed, it? Like, then he we went kissed
1: and well we kissed and it was really, really, really apparent that he wanted to have sex. And I was Mormon and I had never kissed anybody before and I couldn't possibly have sex with him. And so I told him that I needed to go and that was it. And I was devastated. I and
0: mean, then you, you never heard from him after that.
1: Oh, no, actually. <laughs> Do you want me to give you the whole story? <laughs>
0: oh, let's let's. Yeah, this is good.
1: We, um, he had an email at at Caltech and I got email at BYU and we emailed for several years back and forth. Um,
0: wait, maybe you've talked about him mm-hmm. because this was like in the early days of email where you had to go to the computer lab.
1: We, yeah. The three computer labs on campus and they were green screens uh, yeah. and you had to wait your turn to use the green screen. We remained in contact and <laughs> I I was in Los Angeles He was in San Francisco working at a startup. It was the end of 1999. And he said, what are you doing for New Year's? This is Y2K.
0: You did not spend Y2K with him.
1: Yes, I did.
0: Oh, oh, wow.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I spent three days with him in San Francisco, Y2K. I got that out of my system. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen or spoke to him since.
0: Not that that was pent up or anything. (laughs) well wow. was it everything you wanted it to be in high school
1: um it was yeah he, he he was confused about his life i never it never struck me that he would ever be confused about that sort of thing and so got it out of my system and i was like eh, oh, there's there's, there's, a, there's too much more life to live than to continue to think about this person
0: well, you'd probably... I mean, you definitely had him on some kind of a pedestal in high school. Yes. So he was flawless. And then when you get together and you realize he's really not...
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, some of that magic is gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is hysterical, though. <laughs> oh, wow. Obsessing in high school, first kiss, and then Y2K. And then Y2K. Of all of all the New Year's Eve's. Yeah. That's pretty great. So all that to say that you you definitely sympathize with the emotional struggles.
1: I do. And I I, I sympathize with what my mom went through of like, what is Heather's mood going to be when she walks through that door? Because sometimes I was gleeful because the eye contact was so good. And I would, you know, come in and I would, I'd be so happy and, Thinking that David and I were going to spend the rest of our lives together <laughs> because he looked at me between. Because he looked at you yes. for
0: three seconds. <laughs> Good Lord.
1: And my mom always just held it together. And I always said the right thing. Part of it, too, is I'm the only person here. I think we've talked about this. Like, I, I'm the only one. There is no, there is no other person who, who I can say, listen, why don't you go talk to this other person while I finish getting us ready to leave the house? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have
0: to pick and you can't you can't pick to ignore that because right. then it just festers throughout the day. It ruins the day and it turns into something even bigger. Mm-hmm. And eventually you have to deal with it because, again, it's just like we are the only person. So you're just delaying the inevitable and probably making it worse.
1: at least get a consultation. And I thought next week was going to calm down for me. And then the consultation is going to take about two hours for both of them. And they only have it in the middle of the day. And it's uh, it's about a half hour drive there and a half hour drive back. So that's a good three. It was half a
0: day, basically. Yeah, it's half
1: a day. And my mom was like, you know, I can come do this for you. And I'm like, except that I need to be there. Like I need to be, the parent needs to be there so that I know what... The consultation is saying, like, what, what is right. the, the dentist needs to tell, the, orthodont, the orthodontist needs to tell me what needs to happen.
0: Like right. I, and you have to answer questions. And, right. You know.
1: Like, I really need to be there. And so next Wednesday is like completely shot, gone. It's, it's orthodonture all day long. Orthodonter.
0: awesome. <laughs> yep. And you already know that, like, it's a week out and you already know. And it's like shadowing everything. You're already processing that in the back of your mind and panicking about it, understandably, and will continue to until that day comes around, in addition to all the other things that have come up. And then to an outsider, it's going to look like Wednesday comes around and you just snapped and you're having a fucking awful day, (laughs) which is not the case. You know, maybe the day is shitty, but you've kind of been bracing for that for a while. Right. And and I bring that up because for you in your own head, that's very obvious. Like you knew it was coming. This is. This has been a week in the making, but to an outsider, it seems like this sudden well, she was fine yesterday and now today is shitty. What the hell? And I think that's kind of what it's like with trying to keep our kids balanced mm-hmm. because you send them off to school and they come home and maybe they were happy when they left and now they're not, or maybe they had a terrible morning and they get out of school and they're super happy and you have to try to dissect that and understand that and brace for that.
1: Yeah. It's like standing on a, it's like standing on a, a wakeboard. And trying just to keep the balance, you know? Have you ever yes. gone wakeboarding?
0: I, I have never, but I know what it is. And I've been, you know, tubing and other things. So yeah. it's
1: similar. It's just the, like keeping the balance because you don't know what wave is going to come. Right. And I really have no idea what the mood is going to be when they walk in the door or when they wake up. I mean, Lita's always, Lita's always great in the morning. She's great. It's just we never know what we're going to get with Marlo. Yeah, but yeah, it is bracing for okay. And when they do walk in from school, sometimes I have to take thirty minutes and go sit down with Lita and talk. We have now reached what I had always dreaded: is the uh, the school where the Mormons break off and are by themselves and don't include the non-Mormons. And like so, that
0: happens in the public schools. You're saying like just yes. cliques of Mormons.
1: Her her school is predominantly white and predominantly Mormon they have their own groups and her group is very small and she, she feels like because it's so small that she, she feels different
0: just because she's part of a small group.
1: Yeah. Paula was smaller group. She's like, all these other people have like, you know, six, six or seven friends and they're always out doing things together. And I only have these two people here that I hang out with. And yeah, I mean, there are kids who are doing there are. There, There's a kid that is doing really aggressive, passive-aggressive shit on in, on a Instagram and, and Snapchat where...
0: Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah,
1: eighth grade is hard. I, I told her, I said, eighth grade was hard for everybody. Don't let anybody f- fool you. Everybody's having a hard time in eighth grade. Nobody has a good memory of eighth grade.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, super challenging period. Yeah. And they play it up like, well, you're... I mean, at least... When I was in eighth grade and, and here in Lexton's district, it's like top of middle school, so you're the top dog, and they kind of play it up from sixth and seventh grade, like you're going to be you're going to be top of the school, it's going to be great it's it's not at all like, at all. I don't know, and I don't, maybe it's worse for girls too, but it's it sucks
1: it's it's you're just sort of coming I've called it you I called the monster, the monsterism, the monstering. You're growing into your body, and your your hair is different, and you know all these changes are happening, and at the same time, we're dealing with these social dynamics that completely change and, and then yesterday <laughs> she's such my kid. I said, "Do you have any homework and she's like. <laughs> No, I'm going to try not to scream like she did. She's like, no, I don't. And it's making me angry. And I was like, you're angry that you don't have homework? And she's like, I just feel like they are not challenging me enough. And I'm going to get to high school and they're going to just load me up with homework. And I'm going to be, see, you were supposed to prepare me for this and you're not preparing me. This sucks.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: She's like, I don't feel challenged at all. I don't feel like they're pushing me hard enough. So I may need to go talk to her teachers and see if I can, I don't know, enhance her education. This is where homeschooling would work. Yeah, you
0: could homeschool. (laughs) If you homeschooled, it would be fine.
1: If I homeschooled, I could give her homework. Yeah.
0: You could. Mm -hmm. You could make sure that she just had all the homework she wanted. It would be great. You wouldn't have any of these problems. I mean, Marlo would probably still be shit to deal with in the morning, though. Yeah. Homeschooled or not.
1: Do you guys do the Dibbles test, or is that just a Utah thing?
0: Dibbles? No.
1: Dibbles. It's a a way of measuring comprehension. Like, they have have one for writing, one for reading, and one for math, I I believe. Um, Okay. And she brought home her scores for reading and reading comprehension a couple days ago. And... I was pretty confident that they had sent home the wrong scores because she, from last year, uh, she's tripled her scores. Oh Like wow. the, what, the score that's expected. She's tripled each one of them. There's like seven numbers. And I looked at it and I just, I was shocked. Um, she's come cause we've done a lot of reading in the last year and I was so proud of her. And I thought, I know I, I like I really really played it up like I'm super 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 proud of you. This is great work and awesome, but I still I still feel like she's she she experiences a lot of insecurity around everything. She always compares herself to Lita, which is strange because Lita Lita's not competitive that way.
0: She's just totally self competitive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those tests I, we don't have that one. We have one called mm, Park. Hmm. P-A-R-C-C, I don't remember what the hell it stands for, but it's the same thing, like to assess progress, really to help the school grade itself is ultimately what I think these things do. Right. And it's so hard because I'm, I have really mixed feelings on these standardized tests because I think some of them are absolute bullshit. But then at the same, like, but when he when he comes home and has done really well on one, I like to make a big deal out of it because it's awesome. But then when a score comes back and it's lower than it should be, I try to minimize it. And I swear he knows I'm just bullshitting in either direction. (laughs) Like in the long run, I don't think it really matters. But when he does really well, I try to make it seem awesome. And when he doesn't, I'm like, ah, it's it's fine. Standardized test. Don't worry about it. He totally knows.
1: (laughs) I am a horrible test taker. Horrible. Horrifying. Terrible test taker. I hate him. hate him.
0: Yep, um, that is exactly how Lexton is. And he has a class this year. I don't remember which one it is. That's like 10% homework, 90% tests. Uh, and as soon as I heard that on the back to school night, I was just sitting there and I was like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me? This class is going to be hell for that exact reason. Like He can know the material front to back 100% and then get a C on the test. Okay, almost like it's intentional. I don't know how he manages it and then comes home in a really terrible mood <laughs> when he gets it back.
1: Oh, yeah. Like last night, Leah brought home a piece of paper that's talking about signing up for parent-teacher conferences for her next week. And it's basically two and a half hours out of a night to go and visit all seven of her teachers.
0: That's super early.
1: And I, I, looked, at, I looked at her and I said, Leah, and it just came out. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Like you're, you're, you're excelling so well in school and I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please don't do this to my life. What the fuck? Two and a half hours out of like a Tuesday night. And it was like, are you serious? God damn it. Like, why did I sign? Why did I, why did I think that I could sign up for that French class? What was I fucking I- thinking? I ha- There's a f- person that I'm still communicating with in, fr- in France, and he wrote me and he said, how are the French classes going?
0: <laughs> oh, God. That's tonight, right?
1: Yeah, Mal, say Mal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure they've taken me off the roster. I can't go. I can't go. Tomorrow is picture day, and I've got to spend two two hours doing Lita's hair tonight. That's a two-hour project. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. So that plus conferences is like a whole half day.
1: Yeah. Uh, Good Lord. mm -hmm. Wow. I just saw, I saw that piece of paper and I just wanted to collapse. I was like, he can't, no, no.
0: That's well, that's what makes it challenging is we have to keep them as level as possible, Mm -hmm. but we're also just losing our shit constantly (laughs) like all the time. I mean, how are you (laughs) spot? Yeah.
1: You know, you see people who you think, nobody has it all together. Everybody's got their shit. I know this. I'm confident in that. Like, that brings me a little bit of comfort knowing not every, you know, everybody thinks that they're playing it cool, but they've got their own shit going on. Oh, yeah. They may not be losing it as as, uh, magnificently as we are, but they've got... Maybe they've got something else going on that's troubling. We all do.
0: I think it's just a matter of how you let it show Mm -hmm. and the people that you're around. Like I can be completely collapsing around some people that will think I'm totally fine. But other people, like I will, I'll walk through the door and they're like, oh, wow, something is bad. Something bad happened. What is going on? (sighs) Like they just, they sense it. Like there's probably people that will see you out when you're absolutely losing your mind. And they think you're holding your shit together pretty well. Mm -hmm. But other people who know you can see through that. And maybe that's what it's maybe that's what it is. Like kids can't hide it. Like if a kid has a bad day, everybody knows it. Just across the board. You can like see it on their face. But then as you get older, you just learn to hide it. You learn to keep it all in.
1: (laughs) You learn to compartmentalize.
0: You do. In front of certain audiences, I think. Mm-hmm. And and may, I guess maybe they are already. I mean, maybe that's just like, that's why when Lita comes home, you talk to her for half an hour because she's been able to kind of compartmentalize all that during the day. And then when she gets home, she needs to download it.
1: Oh, my God. That's exactly what it is. Because uh, my mother, my mother has to to help me out um, She takes the kids, so the kids have, there's therapy every other week and she comes and she takes the, she takes whoever's turn it is to to therapy. Cause that is, that is a two and a half hour event at night. We'd have to leave the house at four o'clock, which cuts into my work day. So my mom, she said, Heather, I'm taking this, I'm taking this burden off of you. I'm going to come take whichever child needs to go to therapy, to to therapy.
0: Well, and it's just one of them. So if you do it, you end up having to like drag the other one along.
1: And I signed Lita up for a dance class on the same night that, that they go to therapy. And so, so so I have to take Lita to dance, which is across town, of course. Um, and my mom showed up yesterday. And, like, I saw my mom. And that's when it all just, all of it, just the the emotion just went, uh, oh, shh. And, <laughs> and I was like. Punk. like, like, I just need to like stop and catch my breath. That's all I want to do is stop and catch my breath. And it feels like every time I, I try another email comes in, that's a, you know, that is a complete fire or my car, the headlight goes out or, you know, you know, the entire next Wednesday is is dedicated to, to orthodontra. It's like, is it, just give me two peaceful days in a row.
0: Well, but maybe that just kind of hit on the real issue. I mean, it was however many episodes back when we had uh, Hillary on and she, we kind of talked about the daily download. Yeah. uh, And that's what we miss by not having another parent with us at the same time. Yes. So that I think, you know, Lita comes home and she downloads to you and that works. That's how that's supposed to work, but you're not supposed to download to her or at least not in the same way, you know, in kind of a filtered capacity. So then you don't have the ability to download all of that. Neither do I. Right. So we have to like absorb their download without being able to do our own. And that's a challenge.
1: It is a challenge.
0: So then ours just builds up and builds up and builds up and then you snap. (sighs) I mean, ultimately (laughs) that's what it is, right? Mm Hmm because you you just can't keep up with it.
1: Yeah, I find myself sitting at my computer screaming at an email, no, I don't have time to get on the phone with you. No, I don't know you. You haven't explained this project that you want me to work on at all. You want to talk on the phone first? No. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking out loud to the computer. Are you out of your mind? Just, I'm going to take a screenshot of my calendar and send it to you. I am not going to hop on the phone with you. No.
0: But if there was someone else there or there was going to be someone else there when they got home from work, you can have that, you know, four minute conversation. Mm -hmm. Can you believe this person who did this? And then you laugh about it. You talk and then that's it. Like you've worked your way through it.
1: You've got, you've got the release. There's the release of it. Like, I just need, I just needed to get that out. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like you didn't fix it. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't make it less absurd. But being able to unload that to someone really helps. But the problem then when you, on the days where we totally lose it and we unload that on Lita or Laxton or Marlow, then they, like like Lita, like she wants to Google how to fix your headlight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it, well intentioned, but that it's not her thing. And an adult would, would know that that's not their thing. They would know that you just... Needed to vent, essentially. Yeah. But without that vent, it's it's a challenge. Did you Did you replace the headlight yet?
1: Uh, I took it in, and they said they fixed it, and it's not fixed.
0: It's still out.
1: Yes. Oh wow! So they had to fix the oil, and they had to change a filter, and they did all that. They did an emissions test and all of that, and then it, oh, I'm so mad! I was like really, like ah. I just want like four hours of uninterrupted time to like, you know.
0: And even that wouldn't be enough. I mean, my tire pressure light came on too when I was driving out of Chicago <laughs> on the interstate at like one in the morning and the tire. And I remember it popping. And as soon as it popped up immediately, I was just like, no, fuck it. I'm just, just going to keep going. I'm not going to pull over on the interstate in the dark to figure this out. So then, and then the next day I had to drive into Wisconsin, still didn't figure it out. Finally put air in the tires and the fucking light is still on. (laughs) I thought maybe it would turn. So now I know I have to schedule an appointment to go in and have them turn it off, which I'm sure is going to cost money just to turn off the damn light. But it like it, it takes, you know, a week to actually build in that stop to put air in. And then mm-hmm. it doesn't solve the problem. So I know it's just going to take me another week or three to schedule the damn appointment, which is going to mean going there, sitting there, waiting. Right. Uh, yeah. We both had tire pressure lights at the, in like the same window, though, which is pretty awesome.
1: Well, okay. So was was there a heat wave in Chicago over the weekend?
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Like 95 degrees just ended today.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I was up in the mountains. And it snowed seven inches.
0: Oh, yeah. I saw that on on Instagram. (laughs) I I saw that photo when it was 95 degrees. So
1: my tires always lose their pressure when the temperature shifts. And it shifted last week overnight. Boom. It went from 80 degrees down to like 55 degrees during the day. Yeah. And so all of my tires. This is one of those annoyances where it's just like if I had an extra hand instead of going and spending my day sitting at a sitting somewhere that doesn't have wi-fi
0: <laughs> oh yeah see that so makes it hard
1: this is where and i it just came to me remember when i got home from france and like france was the it was france was magical because it was paris right but it was also magical because i had so many consecutive uninterrupted hours to work and be creative it was exhilarating to have that kind of privilege of having that many uninterrupted hours to be creative and write and to explore and to have peace and then when I came home and I like looked around at what we do every day it's like we need to give ourselves credit for getting through the calendar daily you know like give me, we all need to give ourselves credit like when we get to the end of the day go I may have lost it and I may not have done it right, but I got through the calendar today. Holy God, holy God.
0: Right. You made it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't really matter in how many pieces you made it. And I've just started adding like all sorts of things to my calendar, little things (laughs) just so that I can look back and be like, like remember what was there. Like all kinds of, of pickups and drop-offs and everything because otherwise I'll look back and think, well, what the hell? How did I not have time for this? Or how did this not happen? But now I look back and be like, oh my God, I actually, how did I do all that? Mm-hmm. And I'm still here and now we're eating dinner. Like, it's pretty miraculous all things considered. <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah. Should, we should all pat ourselves on the back.
1: I think we should. Give ourselves some credit. We did it.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. We kept a balance. Or tried to.
1: <laughs> the other night I was singing Marlowe with the four songs that we sing. And she was singing them with me, and the last song that I sing to her is, uh, You Are My Sunshine. And I only sing the first verse, and I get to the last part of it, I I never get it right. You are my sunshine, my only only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You never know, dear, how much I love you. And and then I go, so please don't take my sunshine away. (laughs) And she's like, that was wrong, do it again. And I'm like, so please don't take my sunshine away. And she's like, okay, that was better. Do it again.
0: <laughs> and now you, like, but you don't mess it up intentionally.
1: No, I, I just get it wrong. I, and I approach that one line thinking, how does that fucking line go? Shit, I got to get it right. I well, you don't get have that time line to think. Right. Yeah, because you're singing. It's the last part of my night. Here I am putting her to bed. Oh, get it right, Heather.
0: <laughs> and you know that she's just laying there, like, yeah, she's going yeah. to screw it up.
1: She's going to screw it up.
0: Let's see if she can get it in three tries.
1: And I'm going to punish balance. her tomorrow in the morning when I am in a really shitty mood.
0: Maybe that's why. Maybe it's because you <laughs> screw up the damn song.
1: Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Moods. Moods.
0: That's what this is all about. Yes. If you didn't ever have to deal with anyone else, it'd be okay. Yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically. Sounds, it sounds nice, but in practice, that would probably be shit, too
1: so yeah our question to you is how do you help your children hold together what do you say to them when they come to you with a mood or a problem and you're trying to hold it together yourself how do you compose yourself what do you say do you have grow to phrases that you use you can always send us email to stories at manicramblings dot com and find us on twitter instagram and facebook at manic ramblings
0: and until next time
1: Please don't take my sunshine away. That was right. I was right. I didn't. I'm not going to remember yeah. it tonight, though. <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff.